beautiful people how are you doing how are you feeling you're feeling fine and yeah welcome to the genesis ali what are we talking about today well um for today episode we'll be talking about toxic work environment and um and the main question is uh, is why most workplaces have become toxic over time because it's a trend that we are seeing and uh, more and more uh in many organizations and i uh, would like to you know share a little bit of our different experiences our perspective some of the learning so far and eventually you know um open it for anyone to challenge you know our our perspective and and, and so on but would like to just share and, uh, with you guys yeah interesting i don't know if i'm the only person who just felt like Ali calming down and just being passionate. It seems like you've been through the most. <laughs> no, I mean, clearly, actually, you know, having been in the in the, in the workplace for almost like, you know, um, 10, 10, 12 years now, I mean, you know, there are so many dynamics that, you know, I've seen over time that, you know, made you question whether or not actually you belong, belong to a, a specific organization. And uh, for me, over time, it has always been, how can we refine workplaces? How can we make it welcoming? Uh, regardless of you know um, your background, you know your gender, your race, or where you come from, and 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 things like that. So yeah, definitely something that you know I've gone through shitty, shitty workplaces, and uh, for me it's more like you know how can we talk about it openly, and how can we refine workplaces. But yeah, I, I kind of like feel what you're going through and what you're just saying there because I have been in sort of like a couple, not a few, but a couple of toxic workplaces. And I'm very sure we're going to differ on this particular point because mm-hmm. I feel like startups in Africa specifically, they're a bit way more toxic than um, established organizations. What do you think? I mean, startups, you startup that usually make that you know kind of that that that's what I call mistake at an early stage and usually end up in a situation where the environment is toxic where a lot of people are competing for attention where the right decisions are not being taken and it's big it, it quickly becomes a, a war of egos right and and the reason most of the time is uh, the type of personnel the type of employees that you're bringing and how clear the roles you know of every single person is and I think most of the time that's where the challenge is because if you build an organization of six people where each person knows what they have to do then it becomes clear you know you won't be you know you won't see people fighting over things that you know don't necessarily make sense but again you know you are a startup you know you've raised a couple of dollars and then you start hiring tons of people with no clear roles and all these things you know then it will eventually become toxic everyone is competing for attention everyone is competing actually you know to show that they matter and that they belong to the organization and it can quickly become toxic right yeah i get where you're coming from yeah Yeah. but like when i just dive back into my like memory lane yeah um having been involved with a couple of startups i will not name i won't name drop any um but like from my end it wasn't a matter of like your co-workers being the people that are creating the toxicity but more of like there is bad leadership in the organization. Someone goes to sell out audio to investors and people are willing to invest and then they now expect you to build a product out of thin air and you just, you can't build a product out of thin air because at the same time, the moment they are going to sell audio and they say you should be comfortable, then you realize that your rent hasn't been paid for two months and the management is coming out there saying, you'll move this. And in terms of like, sometimes 
in a startup, I think one of the principal qualities that a leader should have is that point in terms of like making a clear decision. If one person is underperforming, it doesn't matter about the relationship that they have, but you have to draw the road and say, I think you've gone overboard because it can come in terms of like somebody not being able to perform, but they are being acknowledged as if they are the top guns and like they're being acknowledged as if like, okay, they did the most in the organization. And then the actual people that are doing the work, they just get to be ignored by the leadership. What are your thoughts around that part of like bad leadership specifically in um, startups? I mean, clearly, actually, you know, and to me, it's um, it's the root of the problem. Like, you can't talk about toxic work environment without mentioning uh, bad leadership because usually those two things actually go hand in hand. So that being said, and um, I think at some point, you know, when it comes to that relationship between investors and, let's say, the founder, um, a- again, actually, you know, to me, that kind of situation shouldn't lead to any toxic, you know, environment in a normal situation, in a sense that, you know, as a founder, as a leader, it's clear that, you know, you need to communicate to your people whatever information that that you're sharing with investors so that it's clear in in terms of expectation um, from from everyone. From there, actually, you should be able to build um, that foundation for clear and transparent communication, at least as far as, you know, um, investor relationship is concerned. But Today, yes, you know, you can clearly see that, you know, in most of the market that you're operating, you will find a founder, you know, just doing a solo thing. And then, you know, things are just at some point being, um, let's say, um, uh, uh, dropped to or things are being dropped to, you know, those people actually really working on the different project. And in the case of building an application, those who are in charge of actually building, you know, the relevant features and so on. That being said, you know, I completely agree with you that leadership is at the core of the problem and uh, because to me a great leader is someone who is able to actually uh, build trust within an organization uh, someone who is able to actually you know build a sense of belonging for the people working in the organization and unfortunately you know oftentimes you know you don't have these things and therefore it creates an environment where everyone is constantly exhausted because of yeah you know the kind of um, toxic things that you know they're, they're experiencing and so on but yeah. leadership clearly is at the core of things yeah yeah so what like I, I feel like um, especially in startup settings the co-founders specifically and the employees and the investors that sort of like triage they should get to a point where they just realize that they shouldn't be playing any blame game because if a founder goes to sort of like over promise um, the investors, the investors are going to be coming in after the end of the quarter and saying, "You promised us A, B, C, D," because they want to see their investment growing, but it hasn't been actualized. Because, and most founders then they lay the blame on the employees. So, which is interesting. But now it leads to the second part, which is like people get to burn out in organizations now um, because sometimes, as a software developer, yeah, you get a point in time where like uh, the C-suite goes to overestimate on deliverables because they don't have the technical background of how long something is going to take. So it can be something as easy as, let's just say, an M-Pesa integration um, or like a basic payment gateway API integration. And then um, on an average, you'd estimate that it will take two weeks because there's that going to be that back and forth between um, the engineers on your team and the engineers on the other side um, to integrate the APIs properly in terms of like a bug comes up. But then an, a co-founder will go and tell the investors that within 24 hours, 
will have um, an integrated payment gateway and the software team is going to burn out because they are going to burn the midnight oil to sort of like just stretch to get that um, deliverable. But mm-hmm. when they think they have just fixed this particular payment gateway, another feature is being brought up and it's being they're being given a, like you should develop this particular thing within a set time of 24 hours as well. So now the deliverables and the timelines that are being set are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. That means instead of somebody having like a normal work-life balance, because I think burnouts are a sign of a toxic work environment if you're going to be working on something you should be working from a perspective of like I'm actually passionate about what I'm doing it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it's work Mm -hmm. but the moment you just get to burn 8 hours it's okay to work 16 hours Mm -hmm. but the moment when now you feel like I I just have to put in this 8 hours and anything extra than that is just going to lead to your own fatigue which Mm -hmm. which messes everything up yeah I mean you know that that's a very interesting point, huh? and you know everything is um, basically bringing us back to what is leadership, you yeah. know. And uh, part of being a great leader is clearly being able to articulate, you know, the vision of the organization, and uh, being able to to listen. And and that's basically where oftentimes the gap is. You as a founder, you as a CEO, you as an executive, you need to be able to sit with your developers and your team actually to clearly define timeline based on what you believe that actually is possible, right? Mm-hmm. And it is that information that needs to be communicated to anyone uh, who is external to the organization, organization yeah. so that you make sure that actually, you know, you are all the time on the same page when it comes to what you're trying to achieve. You know, and, you know, often time in Africa, we used to say that um, when you live in a family, family matters need to be resolved internally, you know, without any external. Exactly. And I believe that, you know, uh, part of being a great leader is being able to actually, you know, sit down with your team and the people actually will know, the people actually will know the, the, the timelines for the key task. Right. And then you agree on that one. You know, I mean, the investor may not be happy, but you need to be realistic because we talk about trust. We talk about honesty. We talk about transparency. Those values are key for any good leader, you know, and and a leader is someone who is who is able to actually, you know, speak truth to power. You know, regardless of how much money you're bringing on the table, I need to be able to tell you that, hey, listen, actually, this project is going to take 30 days. And I'm being honest with you, actually. And you make sure that the team understand the urgency of basically uh, executing that, that specific task and, you know, putting whatever effort that they can put in to shorten timelines. But at the same time, you know, what I do believe is that, you know, to remove that toxic part, a great leader needs to be able to sit with his or her team, agree on timeline and it's those timeline that need to be communicated from there you remove actually you know uh, the toxic part where people actually can easily burn out because clearly you're asking them to execute something you know in two days when realistically speaking it cannot be done actually in two days, two days yeah. so you create an environment of frustration and people start trusting you less because you're communicating something actually to you know uh, stakeholders outside the organization without necessarily having the required information to make such decision and I think oftentimes that actually you know what um, what create issues but this is one layer of what we call toxic environment and yeah. to me actually to be honest with you if I have to choose I will always think of that layer as the best layer there is another layer where you have actually you know a bunch of employees competing with each other for attention 
yeah. you know, and where people actually are willing to backstab each other, you know, to, to achieve things. I don't know what is your take on that and what, <laughs> what create what create that actually in a workplace based on your experience. I um I think it goes back to sort of like the priorities principle from my own personal view, yeah. Where 80% of the work in any organization is only achieved by like 20% of the workforce. <laughs> so there are always going to be joy riders, but like it as the company grows in terms of like hiring more people, some people that get to be hired are now just redundant. And certain people feel like they are not able to do um their actual work for a start. And the second thing is it's just a matter of like people not wanting and willing to learn. Like when you see somebody in a workplace that has got like a skill that most probably you lack in, it's just easier to then just go shadow that person in a couple of meetings, even like 10, 20 meetings, and you get to learn that particular skill that you think is lacking on your particular like skill set. Right, so people end up backstabbing themselves because of just basic competition. Some people just want to have it's a toxic trait actually, where an employee wants to be uh, how else can I put this sort of like they want to experience the gratitude coming from the leadership. So they will, in turn they want their boss to always say, Oh, thank you, you did this, you saved the company, thank you, you did this, you saved the company. And yeah, sometimes you are the man of the match. But there are other times when somebody else on your team gets to be the man of the match. But just because it's not you in that particular perspective, you feel like, eh, my, my spotlight has been taken. Nobody should be able to. It's not about glory or something. It's, it's supposed to be shared with the whole department. It's not this person. Yeah, there's somebody who's going to stand out. But at the end of the day, it's something that was achieved by the whole department as a singular, but when one particular employee now wants to sort of like be like, look at me, I'm the one who got to work on all of this, it then creates an environment where now people start to backstab each other because now they're going to be setting each other up in terms of like giving you redundant work so that they just go and say, oh, look, this person hasn't been working on things that actually matter to the growth of the business, which is messed up. I mean, well, what have you experienced? Let's make it more juicy. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> what I've what I've experienced over time is um, an environment uh, where uh, a lot of people actually, you know, have been hired initially for a specific role, and as the organization grows, yeah. you know, uh, there is need to redefine those specific roles, or you know, over time those roles are no longer there. They no longer exist. The company is no longer at the stage where they need that specific skill. You know, and but because of the bonds, the connection that have been built over time with those people who were there at the early stage, it becomes difficult for the newly hired employees actually to thrive or yeah. to thrive basically. And uh, simply because um, the guys actually who were there initially <clears throat> will then try to create an environment mm. where it's very difficult for those guys who are really good to really, um, let's say, shine. So, and it creates a very toxic environment for full of tension yeah. uh, simply because you know uh, you feel like you know the right people are not being put at the right place and that to me actually is I mean we can call it leadership but you know oftentimes it's very difficult for a manager unless you are really you know uh, going going at a at a very very you know micro level you might 
not be able to spot those tension building up actually yeah so um, exactly and and but i think at the same time i believe that it, it's critical for, for 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 any organization to pay attention to those details if you are to actually you know keep growing but oftentimes yes you know um, an environment can quickly become toxic because you have people who have been at the early stage of the organization unfortunately some of those people they haven't invested uh, uh, into actually you know uh, let's say improving or growing those specific skills and to the point that you know at some point they become completely you know redundant yeah. you know and uh, therefore the organization need to make a, a, a bold decision a bold in saying decision. we may no longer actually need you right and I think most of the time you know that's the challenge that most organization face in a way that um, people who are good are not being put actually in the right position and someone who is good at the same time may not want to go through any toxic you know sort of you know I don't fact, want bad work exactly you know I'm just here to work and go home you know I don't want to get into you and politics you left the part of getting paid I'm here to work get yeah. paid and go home <laughs> that's the thing you know and uh, so I feel like over time you know and that's basically what you're seeing more and more in many kind of startup environments um, where people are really competing uh, for relevancy simply because they've become irrelevant you know for a certain period of time and then you you know you know um, you have that one uh, in the in the startup world and at the corporate level it's a different type of you know um, uh, toxic vibes basically and because there people are competing for promotion so people will do their best actually you know to outshine you and um, and for me as a leader actually you know I, I pay attention to those details because any organization has a set of values uh, a clear mission a clear vision and once actually people start competing and fighting with each other internally uh, you might kind of lose track of whatever actually is your vision whatever actually is your 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 your, your mission yeah and for me as a leader actually it's basically going to those details making sure that the dynamics are there making tough decisions letting some people go but at the same time you at the at at the at the at the at, at the top of your priority it should be how can I be you know optimizing how can I make sure that you know people are on track in terms of executing on the vision and mission and but you know those are two levels if you want actually you know of um, toxic uh, you know sort of uh, uh, Vibes, and um, but I, you know, I feel like over time they can be the same because it's affecting people uh, at an individual level. At yeah. a, you know, it, it's the same thing. You know, um, and I think that you know uh, that's basically what we are seeing more and more. But another thing that I asked actually at the beginning of um, our conversation here is. Um, why have workplaces become toxic? The reason is simple, actually. You know, um, you look at in most countries where operating, you know, the level of unemployment is very, very high. Right, and everyone is competing for for something. You know, unless you have some special skills, you might end up competing actually with, you know, a lot of other people. Therefore, actually, in whatever position that you are, you know, um, you are just doing your level best to stay there. And the problem with most people actually who are in that type of situation is that you know they don't spend enough time perfecting their craft. They don't spend enough time actually, you know, uh, perfecting their skills and or even enhancing their skills. Therefore, you know, yeah, there is a likelihood 
likelihood of them being obsolete. But I think one of the reasons uh, why workplaces have become toxic is that kind of pressure, you know, for people to deliver, deliver. and also, you know, a pressure for people to actually you know, keep their job. And another thing, and last but not least, you know, something else that, you know, to me I've noticed over time is, you know, we live in economies where you have those, the lack of startup and stuff, you know, raising a lot of money and with the pressure to deliver. You know, that pressure to deliver, you know, is coming from, let's say, the CEO to, you know, the level one employee. And it creates an environment of tension where the manager is being told, hey, listen, you need to deliver on ABC. And then the manager is going to take it on the employees and the employees, they're going to take it to wherever actually is around them. And that's literally actually what creates um, what we know today as toxic work environment. You have a CEO putting pressure on the manager, manager putting pressure on employees, and employees are trying now to basically, you know, Backstab each other, other. <laughs> you know, another and, and I think that's that's literally that's a challenge. That's a that, that's a real, challenge. A real and challenge. To me, actually, it's a it's a real problem that organization and leaders need to you know uh, need to be able to actually solve over time. Yeah, I get it though. Um, but the thing that's happening, like that's boiling at the back of my mind, is sort of like looking at it um, as in like you're running a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people run at different paces and all of that. Even like in F1, when a driver doesn't want another driver to get in front of them, they're just going to be swerving all over the place, just blocking the, the driver who's in their rearview mirror. Yeah? So there's this saying that goes up um, in sort of like in the marathon world that it's saying it's either you lead or you follow or you get out of the way. So if you know you're able to deliver onto something, especially like in a setup setting or in any organization, you go on the forefront to lead everybody to be like, this is the right direction that we are all supposed to be heading to. Because at the core, even if you're like a level one employee, to an extent you are a leader because you're driving something to, to a place that it has to get to home. Right. But also at the same time, you can now be the roles have been reversed where you're now the manager, but you really don't know how to execute onto something. But you have an employee who knows how to get everything to a granular level. So in that particular point in time, are you going to let your pride dominate or you're just going to lay back and say, you know what, in this particular place, I'm going to follow whatever you're doing. And then if you know that you also don't know, you get out of that person's way. You don't put a cap in terms of like trying to say, okay, you should know stuff that you know, but it shouldn't be more than what I know. You should just say, okay, look, even if it's in a meeting and you're going to do a presentation that you have no idea about, it's better to give the employee who understands that particular presentation than taking a bunch of PowerPoint slides that you don't really know what it's going to be all about because the impact is always going to be different. Yeah. So workplaces have to come yeah. on toxicity. But, I think, yeah. you know, you're making a good point. And um, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Is one of the biggest challenges that we've seen over time when it comes to tex- toxic workplaces is the fact that, you know, um, we have managers instead of leaders. Of oh, yeah, true. Fact. And, um, you know, you have... A, and it, a typical manager is focused on numbers, right? You know, a typical manager is focused on numbers, and um, and that has been actually, you know, the main challenge, you know, um, because leading goes beyond actually just managing. It's about actually, you know, being at the forefront. It's basically being the example, as opposed to sitting somewhere and telling people actually to do ABC. And uh, that being said, actually, you know, I believe that, you know, we are in a dynamic of transforming every single employee to a leader. 
you know and, uh, and 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 by doing so we are able to actually create an environment where people own their mistake and then know that actually you know it's not up to whoever actually they're reporting to to create a, an environment for them right they are the master of whatever actually they're doing uh, here and it's their job to set an example for everyone and once you do that actually you know um people will start owning whatever actually you know that they that, that, that they're doing and they will start perfecting the craft and all these things I understand oftentimes actually in the workplace you know um, you have that classification that goes like a players B players C players I believe that a great leader need to be able to transform a C player to an a player, a player. right and the difference between an a player and a C player is simply leadership an a player will say I am not good at this this and that I need to go and get better and I'm going to hold myself accountable, accountable for whatever outcome that I'm going to see actually and well, if it doesn't work today I'm going to come tomorrow and I'm going to keep just punching and, and all these things and I think that you know that's basically what is lacking today in most workplaces where you have a bunch of followers reporting to a manager <laughs> and, uh, and and there everyone is sitting waiting for instruction instead of creating instructions, instructions and yeah. all these things and I think that you know I mean once we are able to actually transform those you know, level one employees to leadership one employees, then we're going to create an environment where people feel like, you know, uh, they're here to complement each other as opposed to here uh, uh, basically competing Compete with, with each, each other. other. Yeah. And people own their craft. Actually, they wake up every single morning motivated to go to work, to deliver because they feel like, you know, they're, they, they're, they're the one accountable for the outcome. And they understand the vision very well. They understand the mission very well. And I think that we need to reach that level where people are not just going to the work place to take on instructions and get paid and go back home you know they need to feel like i belong here and i, uh, and, I need, I need to, to execute exactly, exactly. I, I get what you're saying yeah but this is now where i'm coming from now as in like i'm just thinking what gets to be the root cause of um if we're going to pin a bullet onto something of like a toxic environment um you've been involved in places where you're actually constructing a team you're hiring from scratch don't you think sometimes HR is the one that's failing us because they hire people with the wrong attitude, attitude and mentality towards a role? I mean, <clears throat> I mean that's a good point, and uh, but I wouldn't say. I mean, partly HR, but you see, like you know, HR. Sh- in a perfect organization, HR cannot actually make a decision on hiring someone. Okay. They are likely to actually, you know, make recommendation, you know, on specific candidate. But the hiring manager who is in charge of basically, you know, interviewing the candidate, seeing whether or not actually there is a match. There is a match, yeah. So HR is mostly just setting, you know, I mean, the initial exactly, exactly. You know, in most organization, you know, I mean, in in most, you know, um, let's say non-traditional organization, you know, that's how it works. Now, the problem oftentimes, you know, comes from the fact uh, where people um, become complacent because they believe that actually they're not being used at full potential. Something that I've, you know, I've been repeating um, for the last few weeks is that, you know, no one is okay reporting to someone who doesn't know anything. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you feel like, you know, you know, you know, you know your, you you know your thing, you know, you know your craft, you know what you're doing. You don't want to be reporting to someone who you feel like, um, this guy actually doesn't probably deserve to be there, you know? Yeah. Because leadership is about trust. 
and respect. And the thing that, that burning fire that, you know, I am willing to die for this guy because I can trust him to do the right thing mm -hmm. for me and for the organization. And I think that it's that burning fire that oftentimes actually isn't there when it comes to management as opposed to leadership. Because the leadership, you have a group of people who so much believe in you that they're willing to go to any battle with you. You know, and you establish that the trust is gained by them seeing you being out there at the forefront. It's like a general going to war as opposed to a general sitting in an office and giving instruction. Orders. Exactly. You know, the soldier, they will even fake death and all these things actually and like, you know, I mean, I'm out of this place, you know, but seeing the general at the forefront fighting every day for them actually, motivates exactly the motivating them, telling them that listen, actually, we failed today, but tomorrow morning we are back there. We're going to keep pushing, actually. And I believe in you guys, I know you guys can deliver, and I'm here to support you. Once that message is not there, once that kind of leading by example is not there, you essentially build a group of people actually, you know, who are just there to do the bare minimum and go home. And I think that, you know, that part is very, very important. And I've always said that, you know, you can pick a B player and transform it into an A player by being able to be there actually spot actually the gaps where they can improve and make sure that actually, you know, they're being supported. They're being told that it's okay to make mistakes. You know, a toxic environment can be easily created by a manager who, at your single mistake, you know, they would start shouting at you, <clears throat> you know, and, and you feel like, oh my goodness, this is an environment where I cannot even make a mistake, you know, without any retribution and all these things and stuff. And so to me, it's like, it boils down to leadership. That's basically where we started. Yeah. And we are bringing it up to, again, leadership. Leadership again. Because... So 360. A great work environment is built by great leaders. By great leaders. Yeah, but you see, sometimes you get to find a leader... Personally, I'm, I'm not like a deep believer of saying a leader should know the craft of like how something is supposed to go. Because, mm -hmm. for example, if you look at the story of Apple, mm -hmm. Steve Jobs, can we say he knew engineering stuff? I wouldn't say that he knew, but at least like, you know, I mean, the bare minimum. Knowing that, you know, if you push A, you might get B. You might get B, yeah. So that means he was able to create an environment where the actual engineers would prosper as in like they have the creative freedom to try out different things mm -hmm. and see what works I think in, even like in some companies they started introducing hackathons mm -hmm. where they pick up a certain feature that they want to build and they just open it up to the whole development team and say um, you build this feature within sometimes it can be like 48 hours mm -hmm. and they get to build on it but as much as it's back on leadership, I'm joining a new organization in, let's say, a month. I'm actually not joining a new organization. It's just a hypothesis. You should be able to tell. They're like telltale signs of saying, this company might be toxic. Um, for example, if I go on LinkedIn and I see that um, you're offering me um, a position of mobile lead and it's been advertised for the past five months and you've hired roughly... 3x mobile leads why have these people come into the organization and one month later they leave one month later they leave personally i feel like it's a it's like a sign of a toxic work environment where we have rapid hires and rapid fires it might either be the employees are quitting or management gets to sort of like say you've been cut off what are your thoughts on that as in like how can someone get to say from the way this company looks it might be toxic because 
a lot of people have been recycled yeah. in this particular position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are different reasons that might create, you know, such environment, and oftentimes is um, how transparent the organization is. You know, yeah. because oftentimes, actually, you know, um, when you are being hired, you can be sold something that actually is necessarily there, <laughs> right? You are a salesperson. Actually, you are being hired to, you know, sell a product. You are being told that the product is ready, and as soon as that actually you join the organization, you realize that oh my goodness, you know, this thing is going to take another six months or seven months, and you like cannot wait, and you know, to to sell this product, you know, you rather leave. You know, um, this is one of those examples that can. You know, uh, push someone out of an organization, yeah. and also you know, having a chaotic, a very you know, an organization that has tons of chaos. The different interview stages, you know, you are able to, you know, kind of see actually that you were able to see that you know, it's a very well organized or you know, company and so on. And as soon as that you enter, you realize that you know there are you know, I mean, it's a toxic place. You know, people are fighting with each other. There is no real respect in the workplace and stuff. And I've seen actually a lot of people, you know, um, in the recent monthly organization because of something like that they just feel like they're not being trusted actually to do the right thing and and stuff you know or organizations that are very heavy on processes and bureaucratic and oftentimes that's the number one reason why most people leave after three months or two months or even one month one week it's crazy you will join an organization but to even actually get a bottle of water <laughs> you have to go through three people actually you know you go through HR then they send you exactly. to procurement procurement sends you, you to know, your hiring manager then you get a bottle of water on a typical work day exactly and 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 in most cases that's basically you know heavy processes you know bureaucratic you know bureaucratic you know crazy things and people are like um i'm good actually you know i rather just go do something else again you know you have to be able to understand that if you hire great people you need to give them freedom yeah to do things you know how great people don't like to be managed because they are self-manageable. Like, you know, and Steve Jobs used to say that, you know, I mean, you know, uh, we have a, we've built a very uh, collaborative collaborative organization where um, you just trust people to deliver on their part without watching them all the time because mm-hmm. great people don't like to be don't managed. Don't like to be micromanaged. So you, you need to understand that one very, very well, actually. People just need you to tell them we're currently at A, we want to go to B, and uh, you let them actually get there. You can, from time, you can ask them actually how long it's going to take to get there, but that's the only thing that you should be doing, actually. You shouldn't be there and telling them you need to do A1, A2, A3, A4, until, a, until B. Then you create a very toxic environment why the employee feel like you know I'm not necessarily being trusted actually to do the right thing what's the reason for me being here and that has been you know a big big challenge when you're joining a new organization like yeah you've passed through the whole interviews do you start reaching out to people that are already in the organization just to start asking questions of like what's the company culture like etc or you just be like okay I see you on the first day. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, from my personal experience, you know, um, at the interview stage and um, because most organizations that I've joined actually in the last 10 years, it's at a sort of senior position. Yeah. So you get to actually speak to the CEO. You get to speak to the, you know, um, what we call the executive committee board and so on. So you, you have a sense of what type of culture it is just from those interactions and so on. Of course, actually, again, from experience, often, Come back. Actually. Let's drive back. 
10 years you before, know, before he started attending the big boy <laughs> meetings, come back 10 years. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, you, you, you go to platform like Glassdoor, for instance, ah, yeah. to check, you know, what are people, you know, saying about, you know, the organization, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I used to spend tons of time, you know, in Glassdoor just to see, you know, what are people saying about, you know, that specific organization and so on. So I've been relying mostly actually on that because, you know, when you are still at the interview stage, you don't want to risk it. And uh, you just feel like, mm, I don't want to mess it up and stuff. However, you know, organization that I've left, for instance, you know, um, people joining have gotten in touch with me, just trying to understand, you know, what are the vibes in this specific organization? <laughs> yeah. What are the things that I need to pay attention, pay attention to? Do they care about the employees? You know, is the pay good? Something like that. But um, overall, I must say that, you know, I mean... More and more, you are seeing actually future employees reaching out to you know ex employees just to see what the work environment you know look like. So. Oh yeah. So there's something that's just happening. I want to pick your thoughts on this. Yeah. So I think it was 20, 2020 around October. I joined an organization. I was working remotely in India, and when I joined that organization, everything was good. Uh, two months down the line. Um, the HR lady who was there, she left the organization and she reached out to me on WhatsApp. She's like, Jeffrey, I have another project that I would want you to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a part-time project. I know you start working at 12 your time, so you can give us your early morning hours. Um, I, I declined because I'm like, I've just started this, in this organization. So it's, I'm still like in my learning phase because like you need 90 days to prove your value in the organization. And I haven't gotten to that 90 days of proving my worth. And I just said, no, your job would give me extra money. But at this particular point in time, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that particular point in time, she had literally left the organization. Mm-hmm. Four months down the line, she comes back in the organization and she now starts wanting to micromanage. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here, but this is just outright toxic. Yeah. How can you get to tell? Because do you feel like when a hiring process is speed up, it's just a sign of like these people are in a rush. They're not going to do their due diligence and they're not willing for you to do your due diligence as well. I mean, that's true. And uh, in most cases, actually, you know, um, organizations that are not very well organized tend to rush, you know, hiring. And I remember, you know, my current, you know, um, my current job, you know, you know, the, the whole interview process, you know, took almost five, five, five months before. I they're patient. Exactly. They're like, okay. You know, they're like, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're getting the right person because this is a, you know, um, a very, very uh, costly position. And um, you don't want to, you know, spend your money actually on someone and you can see any return on investment. Three months down the line, you're like, exactly, you're exactly. So for me, clearly, you know, the interview process will give you an idea of what type of organization it is and eventually you know if these are people that actually you can trust to make the right decision for you as an employee to succeed in that specific organization that being said for your case clearly this is a typical example of um, what I call a toxic situation <laughs> you know and uh, and again actually as a leader and um, and uh, you need to be very very careful in terms of who you're bringing in your organization you yeah. know and you need to be able to actually you know dissociate yourself from you know toxic emotions you know people who coming in your organization with specific agenda you know and all people actually you know I mean you know um, talking on other employees back 
you know, yeah. about things that actually you yourself you have not even been able to to see without you even doing your due diligence. So to me, actually, as a leader, you need to be very very careful, and you need to pick these things. Be careful, actually, of what someone is saying when another employee is not around because oftentimes actually it's straight bullshit that's my experience you know what i've learned actually over time managing people you know you will find someone actually coming you know after work hours to you saying that oh that employee said this 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 and that and you start mounting a certain you know i mean like you know emotion or negative emotion toward the person but in reality the person you know never says never says that it's so for me as a leader actually you know you need to be very very careful about the things that are being told you know to you and pay attention to employees speaking about other employees negatively when you know um you 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 they're not around actually because this is a, a a perfect sign and and to me actually you know trust is very very important actually but as a leader you need to be able to read situation you know and make very critical decision and and stuff and i think that oftentimes that's what is lacking for most people actually most people. especially most of those newly new founders and stuff you know they will trust one or two people actually they will rely on them actually to give them to, to feed give them, them information. information and sometimes actually they actually isn't necessarily what is you know on the ground therefore you know they kept making bad decisions and good people you know uh, keep leaving the organization interesting so I have found myself in a toxic work environment Mm -hmm. let's say the environment was perfect and then six months down the line it has turned into a toxic environment Um, personally what I'll do I think is I'll set up a one-on-one call with my direct hiring manager immediately and say, can we sit down and talk? And I'm frank about everything that I'm experiencing in the organization. And if they happen not to take a stand, I'll give them a timeline, let's say in a month. If they don't make a stand in a month or two, then I'm like, you know what? Adios, it's been nice working with you guys. And I leave the organization. So let's say it's now you who's finding yourself in a toxic work environment. What would you what would be like the first thing that you do to address that toxicity that is sort of like accumulated over time? I mean, you know, as a as a leader, of course, you know, um, you will try to do your own kind of due diligence, you know, just get to understand actually, you know, what the challenge is coming from. I've been in a situation, for instance, where someone have been, you know, um, for some reason, you know, that person, you know, uh, will go to the CEO and start basically, you know, sharing and about me that you know isn't true so um, as soon as that I was able to pinpoint some of the tension um, I would basically write directly to the CEO and say hey let's have some coffee or let's <laughs> let's talk let's you know? talk one on one exactly you know and then you get to diffuse that tension you let them know actually you know where you stand and all these things and that you know you care about the vision of the organization you care about the mission and you are here to do great things right mm-hmm. and this is one of it and and I think that is something that, you know, you definitely need to actually do. And um, last, last, you know, I mean, you may decide to leave. Are you quoting Burnable you know, right no. now? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say last, last? No, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like after you've 
you 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 feel like oh my goodness I've done okay everything within my power to make this thing work and it's not working man you know I mean mental health is very important you know you don't want to be in a situation where you you feel like and by the way guys you know mental health is something that you know uh, we're going to address in one of our um, future episodes and we're hoping actually to discuss that one too but clearly actually in a toxic environment can lead to some sort of you know um, you not being mentally okay and I feel like you know uh, if at some point you feel like that the situation um, isn't getting better man you need to get out you need to get out yeah uh, okay interesting and then there's the other issue of setting boundaries yeah it's um to me it's it's critical and it's something that you know um with um with the younger generation and it's not that you Don't know I'm, I'm part of the the old generation but you know something that i've been seeing is people need to be able to dissociate whatever private thing private thing that they have going on and their professional life because you know uh, otherwise you will create a very crazy situation that is difficult to manage i've always said that you know when it comes to business matters you need to be able to remove you know the emotional component you know about some of the decision that you know you will have to make otherwise yeah. you create an environment where uh, you're no longer pragmatic you're no longer rational you're basically following irrational emotion making decision that will be you know very bad for whatever organization that you're working with so for me you know I've always been clear about these things you need to set clear boundaries about actually what you're trying to achieve as a leader people need to know where you stand when it comes to those values and those values are integrity their honesty their transparency and hard work that's yeah. basically what it should be about interesting so i think that's about it like that sounds up the whole thing about toxic work environments yeah. there is more to touch on but then exactly like, for you when you find yourself in that whole situation communicate 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 yes and then set boundaries yes and then when you see that your boundaries are continuously being overstepped whilst you've communicated you know uh, well it's, it's time to time to yeah, yeah hang the boots in your organization there's another company that literally wants uh-huh. the same talent clearly, that is being clearly. undermined in the current organization so clearly. i think yeah. that's about it for me any Perfect. last words any i last, mean last words? you know clearly actually you know i mean you know it's um it's we've we've we've, we've touched on you know uh, some of the key challenges in the workplace uh today and on some some workplaces actually today and um i believe that actually you know um yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's clearly something that you know need to be addressed over time. And um, like I mentioned, you know, employees' mental health is very important. So um, yeah, it's been definitely a pleasure, you know, getting to discuss about that subject with you. And uh, can't wait for the next one. And for the next one, yeah, every Wednesday, six thirty p.m. East yeah. African time. Yes. Yeah, but this is actually informative because I got to learn a couple of things. I have to set more boundaries. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening in and staying tuned in and take care. Have a lovely evening. Cheers.